Welcome to Fright Night Minute, a daily podcast where we discuss the original 1985 horror movie Fright Night, one minute at a time. I'm Robin. I'm Leonard. And we'd like to welcome Bob Caster from the Immunities Podcast. Hello. Hi, Bob. Hey. (laughs) Uh, Welcome to our show. Uh, This is Minute 21 of Fright Night. It begins with Lennox peeling away, and it ends with Ed saying, and to what do I owe... (laughs) 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 laughter you hear in the darkness it's all in your mind the footsteps you hear on the floor when there's no one behind so yeah bob uh welcome to our show what's your uh what's your history with fright night what what brings you to uh want to come podcast with us let's see i watched fright night i think probably about the time it hit home video the first time probably So I was a bona fide 80s teenager at that point and watched it at a friend's house and just like, you know, really uh, liked the whole vibe of it a lot. You know, it's very like, you know, playful about the whole horror thing. Mm -hmm. I hadn't realized that I had not seen it since then. I guess I just watched it and it really stuck with me. But like, yeah, watching it again, I was like, okay, I remember like a lot of this, but the parts I don't remember, I had completely forgotten. So that was interesting. So yeah, I rewatched the whole thing ahead of this. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 great. It's like a catchy song. Like every single scene is just like a good beat. You know, it's <laughs> you can just pick it right back up. One reason I'm here is because I'm in a, a podcast that's sort of in the horror vein now. So uh, the, your your audience would be good people for me to uh, connect with. Also, so. <laughs> always have an agenda. Awesome, yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Uh, what's the podcast? Uh, what, what's the podcast you're doing now? Sure. Uh, it's called Immunities. It's an audio drama. Uh, it's a, sort of a sci-fi horror with a little comedy type thing. It's a, basically about a world in which there was a uh, body snatcher invasion that succeeded, but a very small percentage of people are immune to it. And so it's been, my protagonists are basically just trying to figure out what they should do in a world where it's like 99% body snatched at people. <laughs> <laughs> do you write that? Uh, yes, I do. Oh, cool. That's awesome. I've always I've always wanted to do like a audio drama kind of thing, but I just do like nerd talk uh, for most of my podcasting career. So, <laughs> do you produce it yourself as well? Yeah, yeah. Well, we're part of the Dueling Genre Network, mm-hmm. but you know they uh, they help like with the actual like you know getting it onto the uh, getting it onto the internet type part. But I produce you know the the rest of it myself. Cool. Will you do the editing and the like the foley work, the sound effects and. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, the uh, fortunately there's like a bunch of internet sources where you can get lots of great public domain sound effects, and right. so you don't have shoes on like a four by four or anything in front of them. <laughs> <laughs> Those days are over. I've, ever, I've gotten so lazy. Like if uh, there's so much stuff available that even if it's just like a uh, in, in the last one, there was just a point where a person's like tapping out a Morse code message by tapping some scissors against a shower head, basically hoping that somebody on the other side of the pipe will hear them. And I didn't even do that myself. Like that, that that's like the <laughs> ultimate sound effect you could do yourself. And I was like, Oh no, I found a good tap like here on this word database. I'll just use this instead. You know, I don't have to set up my microphone and you know, it's just somebody already did the work. Why? Buy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you know, theirs sounds better than mine probably would. So. <laughs> right. Awesome. Well, I do hope we'll be definitely checking out Immunities, and uh, yeah. I do hope uh, you know any of our listeners. A nice audio drama is always good 
to go along with this, these nonsense nerd casts that, that, uh, <laughs> listen to a good story. Uh, uh, Len is a novelist himself. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> really what pays my mortgage is illustrating is mm-hmm. doing illustrations. But yeah, I started 20 years ago writing novels. I've had three agents and couldn't sell a damn book, but I'm working on something right now. I mean, that's part of the journey that I'm really proud of. So we'll see what happens. I, I sort of switched gears about five years ago. I got into doing children's books and that's what kind of brings me to Fright Night. I, I illustrated the writer and director, Tom Holland of Fright Night. I illustrated his first children's book. Oh, gotcha. Great. I mean, I've always been a huge fan of the movie. So w- working with Tom was, a, was like a, a bucket list thing that I didn't even know I had on my bucket list. Um, <laughs> but I've got Fright Night tattoos and Fright Night memorabilia all over my office. Oh, here and, we go. Jealous motherfucker! I'm not gonna. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not gonna get to know you. Yeah, you got you off on a tangent. Sorry. Well, while we get into the movie, where we're picking up is where Lennox is driving off, and Charlie is protesting desperately as he's, you know, <laughs> peeling rubber. <laughs> and I do like how he just kind of he gets in the car and he just kind of gives him one last look, like. This kid wasting my time, super annoyed, and then he just peels off. I know it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, one thing I always try to avoid, you know, like because you know, it always kind of irritates me when I'm watching a movie, is like the the crazy sounding protagonist. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like which you know Brewster at least he like tries to keep his cool through the earlier part of the previous scene, you know, but then you know of course he he loses it and like the look in the basement type thing. Yeah. yeah. So I can I can sympathize with him because he made he made the attempt. <laughs> Although if he had succeeded, I think they might have just both gotten killed. So I think so. Yeah, I, that's what we were talking about in the last few minutes. It's just like, what is your plan here, Charlie? You know. What do you think yeah. of him? Uh, My hero in that area, sort of, although he also got himself killed, was uh, Dick Halloran from The Shining. Yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. If you ever rewatch that, he's very careful. Like, every person he talks to, he, like, pushes his agenda until he realizes that they're not, you know, he's reached the, the edge of what they're going to believe. And then he'll just switch to, like, you know, some, like, mundane thing. He's like, you know, there's some people up there, and I think they're in danger. And somebody's like, I don't think they're in danger. He's like, okay, but can I have a car? <laughs> Or you know, <laughs> yeah. you just like get me to the next person who I can who I can try to persuade. You know, and he's like, as soon as he realizes they're not buying it, he stops shouting. You know, that's true. But you know that you know, Dick <laughs> is a, a mature old ma- older man, and uh, Charlie is a like he just saw a, a, a basically a, a, another teenager get murdered in front of him. It, you know, at least at least he saw the neck bite, and then he saw a body go out in a trash bag. So. <laughs> Yeah, one thing I'd forgotten is how fast things ramp up for Charlie. Like he's just <laughs> his life yeah. turns on a like in the course of about twenty four hours. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, we're just on minute twenty one, and it feels like we're in the middle of the movie already. I mean, that's part of the reason we say. You know, our last guest talked about. We talked about it a number of minutes. The the script is badass. Yeah, it yeah. moves so quickly. And and Robin and I were just guests on another podcast, which is a lot of fun. But we we're watching a pretty sleepy movie that came out the same year, nineteen eighty five, and the pacing and it was so slow. And if you go back to a lot of movies of that time, or you don't really see that too much anymore, because mm-hmm. everything's a blockbuster. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to really search for like in, indie movies. The last horror movie I can remember that was um, that was paced super slow, but I ended up really loving it. Was Let the Right One in um mm. but you just don't see you know slow movies anymore but for the time i feel like and it still holds up i think that's why this i still love this movie it, it it's just uh shot for shot there's character development without a ton of exposition there's 
every line is either funny or it moves the story forward. It's just, I don't know. It's badass. It's really, I, I can't, I love this movie. I can't say it enough. Yeah. And it gives them time to have like the final confrontation, basically be half the movie, you right. know? And so obviously that was the part they were interested in. And so you sort of expand that to be as much of the movie, you know, as much of the movie as you can. And like everything else becomes as co- really compact. And yeah, that was, that's really interesting. Yeah. It's funny. We're going to be, we're going to be spending weeks talking about one night <laughs> towards the end of this thing. So, okay. We get this nice wide shot of the streets uh, from a different angle now. And uh, we see what they're trying to pass off as a preschool. <laughs> Len, you actually saw the, the sign for this, this time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we've talked about it before and I knew in the first time we saw it, it's obviously a, a church that they've, um, you know, tried to dress up for the film on this lot. But uh, it, it says East View Preschool. And before all I could make out was uh, preschool mm-hmm. in previous minutes, but I'm pretty darn sure the second time Charlie looks down the street, you can you can see it says East View preschool yeah yeah i was scrutinizing it too and all i could come up with was uh east wick preschool which i thought would be interesting but also you you know if you saw east view a little more clear i was uh you know trying to zoom in on my laptop but the video quality is only so good uh but the camera does a good job of uh cutting off the bell tower and just popping that swing set in front of there like yeah it's it's a school vampires don't move near churches (laughs) So Charlie's standing on the street and then out onto the balcony steps Billy and he just glowers down on Charlie. <laughs> and uh, Billy just fascinates me. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah. If, if there was going to be like a prequel or something, I would want to know what Billy's whole story is because he's <laughs> such a mystery. <laughs> he really is. Yeah, that's one of the things I said, like in probably one of our first episodes, when Billy first showed up is uh, I was just like, we're going to be talking about Billy like this entire movie. Like, what is he? <laughs> Um, but right now he's just a live-in carpenter, I guess what they're calling it. <laughs> but right now it's just like there's he was doing funny looks with uh, Lennox, but as soon as Lennox is gone, it, like the act is dropped. This is he is completely, you know, he's just no more funny, no more kidding around. And then he just kind of crosses his arms and looks at him sternly. <laughs> I still think he's goofy. I even <laughs> want to like a like a silliness about him. Well, I think it's important that he not be too imposing, you know, because, you know, cause, so it doesn't, you know, break the sort of thing of normalcy, you know, which is what's like hobbling Brewster's attempt to get everybody to believe that they're vampires, you know. Very true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Charlie takes one last look where uh, Lennox drove off and it's just, you know, help is gone. It's, it's over. <laughs> Uh, he looks up at the sky and he notices it's getting darker and he immediately looks at his watch and it's 4.23. Obviously, we scrutinize things here on Minute by Minute Podcasts and this is a Casio watch, model W27-1A. <laughs> uh, it was released in 1984. It has a solar battery that would keep the watch charged for seven years and hmm. it was water-resistant as long as you didn't go deeper than 50 meters. Uh, super slim, and it's one of those watches that would beep every hour, which isn't very helpful in a horror movie. But <laughs> oh, I remember that. Yeah, uh, I, 
That's part of my wow! I, you just recaptured part of my teenagerhood. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I went hunting. I, I was like, I need to find out exactly what this watch is because you know, it, it, it's not one of those calculator Casio watches, but it, it's a it's, it's another kind. And I think they. But I just remember because everybody's watches wouldn't be synchronized. So when you got put like in school, when you got close to the hour, you would hear beeps like at various times from various parts of the room. Yeah, for people who had watches like that. Yeah. I still have one of the calculator versions. Oh yeah. Mm. Yeah, I don't think it works anymore, but it's in a junk drawer somewhere. It's, yeah. yeah, I've seen like articles about like how to replace that solar battery because uh, it only lasts so many years. And then, you know, it's just a piece of junk. I mean, I guess it's a piece of antique junk, but... <laughs> right. I never wore a watch. Uh, to I, at, at times, I remember my father giving me, in the 80s, like a big <clears throat> silver banded watch. And, you know, when I was maybe like 10, wearing a man's watch, it was pretty, you know, pretty nerdy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I've never, and over the years, I've bought like the, I had the calculator one. For a while, Burger King was doing little tins of Star Wars watches. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would have been maybe like when the Power of the Force action figures were out too. So that's, I, I guess, when the movies re released in the theater, ramping up to the prequels, I guess. So I have a couple of those lying around, but I've never really been a watch guy. You guys, you, you wear watches? Uh, I did when I was in school. I mean, both high school and college, just because time was so important, you know, and I was always trying to squeeze in something in between classes or and stuff like that. I think that once I graduated, I like had a watch, but I didn't wear it very often. And then, of course, eventually cell phones came along and right, uh, yeah. just stopped altogether. Yeah, I never really wore a watch. I always found their, them annoying. <laughs> just annoyed my <laughs> wrist and... Yeah, my mother actually got me a nice uh, iWatch uh, a couple years back, and I was like, I can't use this, uh, but thank you. You want to give this to somebody else? <laughs> Otherwise, it's just going to sit in my drawer. So, no, my phone is my phone is my watch. <laughs> All our, I think I talked about it in the, some of the previous minutes. We have a bunch of clocks. They're sort of decorative around the house. I don't think a single one is working. <laughs> <laughs> we just they're just art pieces at this point because uh, we have our phone or the microwave right mm-hmm. you know yeah well you gotta set those all at 420 that way people come over and know what's up <laughs> <laughs> that's maybe the dumbest thing i've ever heard you say <laughs> i've heard you say a lot of dumb stuff <laughs> Whenever somebody uh, calls me out for making a stoner joke or something like that, I'll always say, it's 420 somewhere. <laughs> and then somebody will try to explain to me how time works and that that's not actually true. And you know what you can say from now on? I haven't worn a watch since college, man. I don't know. <laughs> I used to keep track of this stuff. Now it's all in the air. The character. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's 423 here in Fright Night. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I started thinking like, oh, what time of year is this movie – take place uh and it, it looks like fall on that disney back lot so i'm assuming it's kind of like mid-october because i was trying to think about like how long does he have till sunset mm-hmm. and so if this is iowa and this is like mid-october i looked up like october 15th 1985 in iowa and it, it, it actually the the sunset the sunrise and sunset times only go back so far i think i got to like 99 or something so i Found it there, and it said the sun sets about six thirty at that time. Oh, okay, gotcha. Just pretty normal. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, Billy leans over the railing and glares. And in the script, it says, "There's something very unpleasant in the big man's eyes, like murder." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which I read more of a sense of like, you know, our time is coming, and there's nothing you can do about it. So. Right. Yeah. And you know, uh, 
another note I had was just what a cool balcony that is. I'd love to have a balcony on my house where I could just kind of walk out and look down on the street below. Mm-hmm. I don't know <laughs> if there's any sort of traffic going through, just lording over my kingdom. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and that, yeah, the, the score gets very Jaws-like. There's a, you know, da-dum, 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 da-dum. Um, so Charlie jumps into his car and drives to another house. It's a yellow house and it says 9520 and the porch light is on. So um, sun, sunset is coming soon. And yeah. So he runs right in. No knocks. He must know the person that lives here. And there is uh, Evil Ed Thompson sitting in his bedroom. And I don't know. What, what do you guys think he's doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hadn't even thought about it. He's got like a, like a piece of glass he looks like he's working at. <laughs> right. right. Uh, well, we, we get a better look at the room in the next minute. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll talk about that. But yeah. So I, I, I almost took it. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about it then. But I almost took it, it. It might be a piece of a model he might be working on. Yeah, that was exactly what I was thinking. In the script. I don't is, know a model of what, but yeah. Right. In the script, he is hand painting a model monster of a ghoul. That's what it says. But <laughs> right. it looked like a piece of glass. It does. Yeah. And so he says maybe an eye or something. <laughs> yeah, maybe. And then he says, into what do I owe? And the minute ends. <laughs> so I think we've uh, done pretty good at this minute. Um, do uh, Bob, do you want to uh, talk a little bit more about Immunities, where people can find it? Uh, you can find it at immunitiesdrama.com is our website. Or you can find us at the duelinggenre.com website for our network. Uh, we're also Immunities Drama on Twitter and Immunities on Facebook. Okay. Well, I think it's time to put a stake in this one. Please follow us on Twitter at Fright Night Min. Send your feedback to Fright Night Minute at gmail.com. And please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. You want to come back next time, Bob? <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, until next time, I'm Robin. I'm Leonard. I'm Bob. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Fright Night, everyone. <laughs> for real. Ah, uh, nice. <laughs> He's a vampire. A what? (laughs) You're so cool.